The college football experience, Arkansas State Red Wolves season preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you get a risk free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of ED. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month's treatment. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Yes, our app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The SGPN app gives you easy access to all of our picks, podcasts, and it's the ex- exclusive place to enter all of the contests, including our $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store today. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. College football experience, Arkansas State Red Wolves season preview. My name is Kobe Swinging Dantabase Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick, this is a pick. And I am going to be talking Arkansas State football, Red Wolf football. Butch Jones, the new guy. Let me just cue up the Dundee music. Let's get excited. Let's get excited. Look. Arkansas State. They started the Brian Harson, Gus Malzon, Blake Anderson. All these guys started at Arkansas State. They had ten years at Arkansas State, and now that Anderson dips out to Utah State, they bring in the likes of Butch Jones from Alabama. But most recently, it was the head coach of Tennessee. Prior to that, it was at Cincinnati and Central Michigan. Butch Jones is eighty-four and fifty-four as a head coach. He's a winner by definition. Why? I mean, come on. They bring back Lane Hatcher at quarterback. They got a, they, they had a tough season last year, but COVID had hit. I mean, uh, there's certain teams that ponied up and, and said, Hey, we have 10 players out. We're not playing. Arkansas state was not one of those schools. They had COVID issues and they still played the games. Kudos to them. And uh, yeah, I mean, when you really, when you really think about this, I think it's a great hire. I think it's a great hire. Uh, I'm going to get into it more because we got a guest coming on. Uh, former former host of the Red Wolf Weekly Arkansas State Football Podcast, Martin Ferguson. He was also a former beat writer at Underdog Sports, where he covered Arkansas State. So if anybody knows the program, you know it's it's Martin Ferguson. Glad to have him on. But uh, but first, I want to tell everyone out there uh, that the college football experience is brought to you by WinBet. Yes, WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer up to a five hundred dollars risk-free bet. 
Terms and conditions do apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. I also want to tell you, we're brought to you by prop swap. Yes. Uh, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on a, you know, NBA championship and Stanley cup futures. When you buy directly from other sports betters like yourself, perhaps see a ticket that you like, but maybe you think the price is too high. Well, don't worry. Submit a bid for that price that you think is fair. Then buy it. Prop swap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on, on prop swap can be resold at any time. That's the fun of it. I mean, here's a perfect example. I think two weeks ago, a prop swap customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley cup future for $45 when the team was down three to one against the maple leaves. And uh, a few days later he flipped it for 600. So with prop swap, your bet doesn't need to just win. You could, all you have to do is like, it just needs to improve. It's really awesome. I think like kind of like the stock market, but for sports betting, use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to a $500 bonus in in cash. Come on. That's, that's fantastic. Go to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And speaking of apps, uh, guys, us, the college football experience, the sports gambling podcast network. We have a brand new app out. Yes. The SGPN app is now live in the app store and Google play store. The app gives you uh, easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Plus the app is a exclusive way to enter all the SGPN contests, including right now we have one going SGPN's thousand dollar NBA finals free rule. Just download the app and hit the contest tab for your chance to take home a thousand dollars. Don't don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. Joining us on the college football experience, former host of the Red Wolf Weekly Arkansas State Football Podcast and former beat writer for Underdog Sports. I welcome Martin Ferguson. How are you, Martin? I appreciate you hopping on and talking Arkansas State football with me. Thanks, Kobe. I'm I'm great. Just enjoying another uh, summer day in in beautiful Central Arkansas, but we're good and glad to be talking real football. Yeah, I mean after last season with, with the COVID stuff, but look, uh, Arkansas state finds themselves in a familiar spot. I think Uh new head coach coming in. We, we just kind of preface this uh, pre pre uh, pre, you know, call, going live here. Butch Jones comes in from Alabama uh, and you know, he, this guy surprisingly <laughs> he's 84 and 54. I was doing my homework and I, you know, drawing up the the plans here for what we're going to cover. And I'm like, okay, Butch Jones. Well, yeah, he kind of did bad at Tennessee. And it's like, did he, (laughs) I mean, I guess if you're Tennessee fans, you have these expectations, but when I pull up his record, I know he was at central Michigan. I know he was at Cincinnati 84 and 54. It's a pretty darn good record to grab a coach like that. He's uh, he was very, very successful and very workmanlike at both in, in Michigan and in Cincinnati and to judge in the last 20 years over anything in Tennessee is so hard to do because I promise you, they've gotten rid of more coaches than, than both of us could name put together in the last 15 years. So it, it's, it's tough to judge, but I think the true focus with Butch is that he spent two or three years in Tuscaloosa at, uh, at, at uncle Nick's rehab camp. And so now <laughs> we're excited to see what, what that's going to bring to Jonesboro. Yeah. I mean, and I actually think you look at this team. Well, I think Jones has definitely, since he's 
since he's get, become the head coach, he's gone to the transfer portal and we'll touch on that in a second. But um, you look just at the team, uh, you bring in back lane Hatcher. He split time with Logan Bonner. Now Logan Bonner uh, transfers. He basically follows Blake Anderson to Utah state, but Hatcher got a lot of, I remember watching Arkansas state a season ago and they would kind of do this uh, switch quarterbacks every so often. Um, so he's experienced. And then you're bringing in James Blackman, the Florida state transfer. And, and I want to allude to this, that I feel like last year you look at the record four and seven, you guys had a ton of COVID issues. You played the games, even with tons of players out, you won at Kansas state. I don't feel like you were a four and seven team a season ago, um, but I'm curious your thoughts on the quarterback position. Uh, and, uh, and, and obviously a season ago, what you, what you thought of that team. Well, it, it, to get into the quarterback situation, I remember when when Lane um, Lane was a local guy, was an Arkansas guy, goes to Alabama, instantly gets made Nick's uh, scout team quarterback, and spends a year doing that, and then decides he wants to come back and try to find a place to play. Uh, so he comes back last or two years ago. He's freshman of the year in 2019 because Logan Bonner's hurt. Then Logan Bonner comes back next year, probably one of the more controversial moves in a long time. The head coach at the time, Blake Anderson, literally split these guys alternating snaps. I mean, not snaps, but alternating possessions, no matter who had the hot hand. So when it's all said and done, Lane Hatcher goes for 2,000 yards, nine touchdowns, a couple of picks, and uh, 60% completion rate. So could he have thrown for 4,000 yards if he'd been left alone? And I, I think the answer is yes. He's just, he's a gutty, he's a gutty little guy. When you see him in person, he's looks like he's five, nine and a buck 68. And he's just a heady uh, gutsy guy. And uh, I'll be excited to see what he brings to the table this year with uh, getting pressed a little bit by Blackman. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, competition's good, but I mean, I also wonder like a lot of publications, if you're just to go pick up a, a college football magazine, you'll just see five offensive starters back. They don't list him as a starter, but in my mind, this guy has started games for them a lot. So he's a starter in my book. So I, I do think they can get that stuff wrong. Now you look at the O lines bringing back four or five, whether they go with Hatcher, whether they go with Blackman, you, I can tell you breaking down, we're breaking down every team here on the college football experience. We do a solo podcast on every team. One of the most important things to me going team by team is if you're bringing back four or five of your offensive line from, from a season ago, I, I circled that. That's, that's great to get that continuity. Of course, you know, you want to look and say, Hey, where they go to a season ago, but they, they were solid. I, I, I feel like bringing back the O-line, bringing back the quarterback position. Now, you know, obviously Blackman could beat out Hatcher, but I, I sure you lose Jonathan Adams and bowling at the wide receiver spot. But I feel like receivers and running backs kind of, you can kind of, uh, you know, next man up mentality there. As long as your O line and your quarterback is coming back, it's in, I think you, you have the makings for what could be a good season then. Um, well, they brought, well, they brought in, they brought in, um, they brought in several, they brought in three offensive linemen to beef up where they were last year because we talked a little bit about the COVID piece in the, in, in the season last year. Zero depth. And people, I think, in Jonesboro got really tired of Blake Anderson every year saying, uh, we don't have depth. Uh, it's because of the previous coaching situations, but we're working on it. But yet it never got fixed. So this year through the transfer portal, uh, Butch Jones has said, okay, 
Uh, here's, you know, we, we got a six, nine tackle from, uh, from Kentucky. We got two offensive linemen that are, that are both two guards are both six, five, three thirty guys. So he's added depth to that position. And, and like I said, four, probably five senior starters on that line. They've got to be better. They've got to be better. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they will be with that, with that experience he gained from last season. And then yes, I mean that Jonathan Adams was a complete, I mean, he was a beast him and bowling, but I, even the wide receiver route, when you're bringing back Dahu Green, who had six starts, 32 catches, 542 yards in those starts for five touchdowns, you got Corey Rucker and Foreman who got some experience. But then Butch Jones continues his. I mean, this is almost like transfer you because he goes out and gets uh, Tavalius Hunt from TCU. He gets Akeem Hayes from Kentucky. He gets a uh, Kahim Walid from Boise State. These guys might be able to make an, an immediate impact, especially Hunt. Um, I think the receiving core will be fine. And then you, the running back position, you get Marcel Murphy back. He was injured. Uh, I'm not Murphy Murray. Uh, and then Lincoln pair. And you also get an Iowa state transferred in Johnny Lang. And I, I, where, where's the weakness to me on this offense? Well, I think that it's just gotta be more consistency in the run game. Last year, you get into one of those weird things where you have, uh, you have a, a top ranked passing offense and then a terrible rated run offense. And, and if, if they can get the offensive line tight, get the running game going, um, I think they've got the right people in place uh, with that. Then they're going to be dangerous because they're going to be able to run the ball. And that was one thing last year. They could throw the ball all over the field. They, they, they averaged over 300 yards passing, one of the top passing offenses, but could not consistently run the ball, especially in short yardage. So third and two was a doomed situation last mm-hmm. year. So but hopefully this year they can correct that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they will with, with Jones's arrival. Uh, I think the identity of the team might shift. There'll be less. I think they're just going to emphasize the run a lot more than, than how Anderson would. So um, defensively they're, they're bringing back only five starters. So you circle that and you say, uh, well, you know, they lose their top tackler, Justin rice and their second team, all Sunbelt Forrest Merrill. Mm-hmm. But once again, Butch Jones hitting that transfer portal heavy. And I actually think he brought in a couple studs from Tennessee, John Mincy and Kevon Bennett. Um, and then he goes on the D line and gets Quay Mays from West Virginia with Neil Brown's bunch. Uh, and then the linebacking Corey grabs Thurman gathers from Louisville and, and a transfer from North Texas. I, I, it's so many transfers. It makes it hard to even project how they will be but I, you mix in the fact they're bringing back the second leading tackler, Ellery Alexander, who played safety. Mo- actually, three of your almost your whole secondary is back. Three of four. Uh, Jeff Mario Brown back at linebacker, and Caleb Bonner as well. I mean, I, what, what do you what, what do you expect from this defense? Because I, I, it, it's almost like the current college football landscape and college basketball landscape, really, where there's so many transfers, it makes me really hard to get a gauge on who's going to start. What, 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 what's going to happen essentially? What, what do you think of this, uh, this new defense that uh, is going to be lining up at for, for the Red Wolves? Well, it's going to be interesting. They've got a new defensive coordinator. Uh, Butch reached out previous connections and, and something you don't usually see in Jonesboro is to have uh, the new defensive coordinator, Rob Harley came from Pitt. He was a long time coach there, worked his way up, uh, was a recruiting coordinator at Pitt. And so he comes in, and like I said, they bring in, you know, you mentioned John Mincy from Tennessee. Caleb Bonner's back. He was he was a guy that started a handful of games last year, but but kind of ended up being the guts of the team at, at certain points in time. But 
I think that the the group that that in that group there's you know eight or ten people that are brought in and all geared towards the front end. The only one that's not that's still floating around out there is Scooby Carter from Alabama, former four star. He's one of those guys that's a last chance U type. Went to Alabama, played you know stayed there one year. Goes to Mississippi County Community College. He could be a difference maker. But the defense on the front end, the front seven. It's going to be everybody's going to have to wear a name tag, and nobody in the nobody in the stadium is going to know who half these guys are. So it's going to take a minute for that to gel, um, and that's just going to be one of those things with the defense. Probably going to be much better in the back half than the front half of the season. But I, I mean, I definitely think that if you look at the talent, I think the talent is better this year than last year, even the season before defensively. But I, you're you're right; it's probably the second half of the season because you're going to have to get. These are a lot of new faces coming in. Um, I do like that higher though, because Pitt runs a good defense. Rob Harley, uh, I, I I always am impressed by Pitt's defense, so uh, that that could be a nice hire there. Now, uh, Las Vegas is saying I was a little surprised at this. The win totals at three and a half, right? Yes, uh, I was surprised at that because if if you take out this crazy COVID season, Arkansas State is kind of. I feel like a staple to make the, to have a winning season or make a bowl every year. You know what I mean? And, and I think they were kind of on pace for that before they, they dealt with so many COVID issues. So I blindly without looking at the schedule, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the over there. If I was going to be in Vegas or wherever, I would just think, Hey, that's, that's going to Butch Jones is a proven winner by his track record. I understand you could say, Oh, a Tennessee, he didn't achieve what they wanted him to be, but it, it Look at by definition. Look at the wins and losses on his on his career. He's a, he's a winner, and I don't know that. Let, let's go through the schedule though. I just want to go through the schedule and see. I know they have something crazy. I think in the, in in the middle of the year here, or early in the year, they open up with Central Arkansas, who's actually a, a really good FCS school. If if you guys are not hip to Central Arkansas, that's a, that actually might be a game. That is going to be that's that is a game they they snuck up on Blake Anderson a couple of years ago and popped him in Jonesboro. I don't think anybody that really knew the program was that surprised by it. And uh, you know, and they've they've actually had success with coaches leaving there and going elsewhere to to South Alabama, but he didn't stay. But that's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough one. And again, on their schedule, we're one of those. This is one of those Super Bowl games for them, where they're you know opening week they can put all their attention in, uh, into it. Uh, the main good thing for ASU is it's in Jonesboro. And I imagine they will be, that's the opening game of the year after last year, people will be excited. And, and I expect the stands should be full for that one. Yeah. I got them winning it. I got Arkansas state winning it, but I do think this, this could be a, a, a close game, especially because you're getting, if central Arkansas was playing this in November, I would feel much better about Arkansas state's chances, but you know, year one brand new system. <laughs> So this I, is this is probably one of those games, Kobe. When it's over with, the Butch Jones will go. Look, guys, a win is a win, and we'll just have to take it for that. We'll build for next week, and I, you know, one of those where it's thirty-one twenty-eight, and you're glad that it's over, or yeah, you know, or twenty-one eighteen, or something like that, and just glad when it's done. I could easily see that there. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so the following week, then they're hosting Memphis. Ryan Silverfield, new coach at Memphis. I know last year was his first year, but. Uh, it's, I almost feel like all those coaches, I mean, he had a good first year, but most, most of the first year coaches last year, I would say kind of get a pass because of the situation. No spring ball, shortened camp Memphis travels to Jonesboro. I like that angle. I mean, these teams, uh, these universities aren't that far away from one another. Um, 
I think this obviously you're going to fade. I mean, you're going to favor Memphis, but I, I think it's still a winnable game. This is, this is one of those games that, you know, Memphis, Memphis, it's so strange with this series. Memphis will, will, will have a five or six game series. They'll play two or three in Jonesboro. The series will end and then they'll go. We're not ever coming back to Jonesboro because we're too big of a program. And then we don't play for two years. And then we sign a home and home again with, we do this over and over and over again. So (laughs) is they're one of the oldest, you know, blood rivalry teams, and especially from the ASU side, they love, you know, people from ASU love beating up on the big brother across the river. And Memphis looks at it as just a pesky something they have to deal with. But Memphis has gotten a better end of this deal for a while just because uh, there, there was a period there where ASU ran through them when they were doing the one and done coaches, but uh, things have turned. And so this is, this is going to be one of those that, that I've got Memphis probably notched to win it. Uh, but it's going to take, uh, it, it would take an extraordinary effort on, on ASU's part to probably catch him in, in this early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I gunned to my head. I would take Memphis there uh, to win that one, but I, it wouldn't shock me if this is a tr- you know, 28, 28 with five minutes left. Um, no. But then, then the rest, I mean, you, you guys have something crazy. Uh, I did a deep dive well, not for last year because last year was crazy, but for 2018 and 2019, I think I even did 2017 too. And I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I I saw a stat or I researched a stat that back-to-back away games, you are guaranteed to lose one of two at a 93% rate in 2019. Right. And I, and what I see here, the three away games in a row against bowl teams, like good winning teams. Uh, so the schedule is brutal for Butch Jones. Cause I mean, and then you add in the Memphis game uh, that just, we were talking about who they're a bowl team. So at, yes. at Washington going all the way across country in Seattle, now Washington, you know, I don't even know if I can fully gauge their season. They've a new, they had a new coach last year, but they, they played like three games. So it's like a, a I don't even know what to expect. I mean, obviously I expect Washington to win this one, but I, I that wouldn't shock me if this was a close game. Cause I don't know the state of that program, <laughs> but well, and that's, and that's kind of the wild card when you've got games like this, especially if you're going to go travel and play a pack 10 or a West coast team, because you know, the, the Sunbelt just got on with their business last year. The Sunbelt just said, all right, we're going to crank out 11 games and get through this or 12 games. And, you know, the pack 12 stood around. It's like, we're not going to play. We're not going to do it. We're going to play a couple of games. That's it. So if, if you're going to go take your shot early in the season, this is the chance to take your shot because you may catch Washington in somewhat disarray. I don't even, you know, their, their level of talent, you know, may not matter because like I said, you kind of caught them in a weird situation where they haven't really played a solid schedule in two years. And they were breaking in a new coach. So it, it's like with that school's even more so than some of the other PAC 12 schools is that, you know, do they even know this? I mean, I guess he was their defensive coordinator previously and he was promoted. So I guess they would probably know the defense, but I think he brought in a new offense. How well are you, you really got that thing going with such a short amount of games? I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I obviously I would take Washington to win the game because I, I know that's a tough place to play. The fans get get loud there, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, so I would have them at one and two. But I, I agree with your your uh, you know optimism there about saying, hey, maybe we can get get them there, sneak sneak up on them. Because another thing is, I think they're I think the week before Washington's playing a Pac-12 team, so it's almost like 
you're going, Oh, you know, you, you, I think they're getting Cal who's a decent school in the pac 12. It's nothing, nothing great, but nothing horrible. So they got to really, maybe they're asleep at the wheel in this game. So the following week though, they go to Tulsa and Tulsa almost won uh, the AAC a season ago. It was pretty interesting. I actually thought they potentially could have, it was weird. COVID season was very strange because you had all these teams. Cincinnati was supposed to play at Tulsa the final week of the season and had Tulsa won that then Tulsa would have been hosting the AAC championship, but Cincinnati, <coughs> they said they had COVID so they couldn't play. <laughs> yes. I'm a conspiracy theorist, man. I, I thought on all that stuff with Ohio state and Michigan down the stretch, I really felt like you saw the money speaking in college football saying, Hey, wait, wait, wait. If we play a home game, if we got COVID issues this week and next week we play the home game, I, I think Tulsa might've won, might've won the, the AAC last year. They're a good team. I like what uh, Montgomery's doing there. W- what's your take on the game at Tulsa winnable? You think? Well, it, 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 this is a game and I've, I've been to Tulsa and seen Arkansas state play at Tulsa when Chad Morris was still there and uh, seen him play in, in Jonesboro. And this is a game where usually you've got two programs that are pretty close. And so again, I think that on the road at Tulsa, you, you've just come back from battling Washington. I think it's going to make it very tough. It'll make it tough for, for, because I think Butch and his guys will be at a point at, at this time of the season where they're kind of figuring out maybe who they are and that could be good or bad. Yeah. You know, get into that week four and you kind of go, well, this is what we got, or this is what we've got to work with this year. And that can be good or bad. So I think the momentum that that will be a huge crucial game because it does not get any easier behind Tulsa. Yeah. So me almost you circle and go, man, we got to get one on the road there. Well, I'm actually thinking this is the one, this is the one because you won at K state last year. I mean, this is a winnable game. And then, cause the following week, I hate these games because if I'm a, if I'm a coach, because you only have a short amount of time to prep for a, a triple option offense in, in Georgia Southern, uh, that to me always, especially on the third away game, first off many college, I, I bet they're probably the only college football team out of 130 that are, are playing three straight weeks on the road. Uh, I, it, there's not going to be many in week five that are on their third road game of the season. <laughs> right. And then there'll be, SEC, there'll be SEC teams that won't have had one away game at that. Yeah. Point. Yeah, exactly, man. So then, then you're playing a triple option team, which I, 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 I have, look, I, I think if they were to play Georgia Southern, probably any other time in the year, I think I might favor Arkansas state, but after at Washington, at Tulsa, Look, I think you might beat Tulsa. I might even give you that one, but I, I think that that that's a horrible spot to catch Georgia Southern on the third away game against because you know the triple option is one of these things where you need discipline. You need to really, you know, learn this offense in a short amount of time. Uh, what's your take on this game? Well, it, it's it's one of those that when when ASU has has surprised Georgia Southern in the past it's been because they had athletes to keep up with them on the field. And even if you didn't play perfect technique football, um, when Arkansas state has competed with Georgia Southern and handled them is because they just flat out had better athletes. And that kind of remains to be seen this year. We've talked about the massive overhaul on defense. So the question is, is can you plug in four five, six, seven guys uh, and midway through the season after coming, being on the road for three weeks for almost the whole month, can you come home and play technique football against a, a triple option team. And that's, that's, that's tough to do for anybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, it was funny you mentioned that yesterday. I went down like a rabbit hole. Nick Saban <laughs> uh, had had said that I, I learned that I think Army, Georgia Southern, and the Citadel have the best yards per average against Alabama, right? And I know I'm getting off topic a little bit here, but it blew my mind because I, I watched him talk about it and, and, and he at a press conference saying that we had all NFL players on our defense, but we could not stop their offense. Right. Um, and, and they were averaging five yards over five yards, a rush against uh, army was against Alabama. And he was just saying that we couldn't stop them. He was like, we could not stop them uh, on offense. Thankfully, you know, they missed field goals. They, 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 but I, I made me, it made me wonder like, what is Vanderbilt doing? Run the triple option. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, there's, there's a, there's an old story that when Lou Holtz took over North Carolina state, and he wrote a book about it called The Grass is Always Greener. But he he came into the first practice and he had a single sheet of paper and it had like either five or seven plays on it. And he handed it to everybody. He goes, all right, boys, you know, with his his speech, he said, this is our playbook for the spring. And everybody said, you know, what the hell is this? This is like <laughs> seven plays. And he goes, well, you learned those five or seven, then we'll get more. And he said, but the funny thing, guys, is if we ran these perfectly, we'd beat everybody's ass. And so that's kind of that triple option thing. It's, it's, you run it right. It's awful tough to stop regardless of the talent level. Uh, I'm shocked more don't do it in college football after seeing Saban's statements. I mean, after he's owned college football really and the sec, but you would just think at what point, if you're, if you're Vanderbilt or, or somebody that even if you're Arkansas to tell you the truth, I mean, I like what I like the Pittman hire and I know I'm getting away from things here, but I, I would just think more teams should, should try that because it, it look at army, look at Navy, look at air force, look at Georgia Southern. They're in a bowl game almost every year. Well, the, the, the true, you know, the fans who listen to this Arkansas state fans, if you really want to get people stirred up and get them going on the message boards to debate, you know, Arkansas state going back to the triple option, with the, which they ran with Larry Lacewell through the late seventies and most of the eighties. And guess what? They caught a lot of people. They caught a lot of big division one programs when they were one double A because of the triple option. And, uh, and those are still beloved memories, you know, but as a fan, you have to realize you're going to go to the game. You're going to see about the same six plays over and over again. <laughs> and bleed that's the clock, 12 minute drives, right? <laughs> that's, that's the reality of it. You got plenty of time to go to, you got plenty of time to go to the bathroom and get a coat, but uh, <laughs> you know, if you're really good, you might break a 78 yard run, you know, from fullback in the second, second play of every, every so. Yeah, man. So, so after Georgia Southern, so look, I, I, I think between Memphis and Tulsa, I think you're going to steal one, but I have you at two and two and three, then you're hosting coastal Carolina and Lafayette back to back. This is a brutal schedule. This is a brutal schedule because as we know, that was the Sunbelt championship game a season ago. Um, uh, but it, you are in Jonesboro. So maybe you can, maybe you can steal one from one of them, but both those teams, it's, 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 it's very similar to, uh, and of course we're here in Arkansas. So we have a ton of discussion about, um, we have a ton of discussion about Arkansas and the SEC, which is great because I kind of think of the Sun Belt as, you know, eventually one day it's kind of the junior junior SEC member or whatever you want to call it. But it's it's kind of like Arkansas fans. At one point they said, you know, oh look at our schedule, look how great it is. We've got you know at home we've got Texas and and uh, you know last year it was we have LSU and Alabama and they had all these great teams at home. And it's like be careful what you ask for because you might get it. And that's what the home schedule for ASU this year might be. It might be the greatest home schedule they've ever had as yeah. far as the teams and games to watch every week. I, I think it'd be tough to argue that we've had a better home schedule, but Lord uh, pick the top three or four teams in the conference ahead of you. 
you get to play all of them and you get to get, you get three of them at home. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that goes either way though. Cause sometimes you want the home game. I think it depends on, on your team because sometimes you want the easy opponents at home to solidify the fact you, within your conference to solidify the fact you can get to a bowl. But if you're good enough, you could also beat some of these top teams and you'd have that advantage of them within the conference to potentially get to the Sunbelt championship or something. So I think it's a double-edged sword. There depends on uh, the person you ask, but coastal and, La- and Lafayette, I mean, it, it, I've seen a lot of preseason polls that have coastal at like 18 Lafayette at 20 or vice versa. Um, what, what do you, what, what do you, you, do you like the chances of stealing one there? I think that um, I, I keep in my head, keep thinking that surely between coastal and Lafayette, that they'll steal one of those two, but maybe that is, um, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part, but I, I, I do just keep thinking, I'll look back over time. I'm like, over the last 10 years, there always seems to be that, that little series there where there's one game they can steal that nobody counts on it. And, and sometimes it's when they catch a couple at home, you know, back to back like that. So they, I, I don't know. I think it'll be tough. Uh, they're, they're probably, if they could come out of that split one and two, I think that'd be a huge win for Bush. Agreed. Agreed. Then after that, you traveled to a uh, South Alabama to take on brand new coach at South Alabama, Kane uh, Womack, uh, former Indiana defensive coordinator. I think you guys will be the better team in this one. Uh, he's inheriting, you know, I, well, I know he got Jake Bentley, which was a quarterback that was at South Carolina not long ago, but I, I still think uh, Jones has the advantage. I think right now the rosters are better in Jonesboro than they are at South Alabama. So I think that's a win. I know that's on the road, but I think that's a win. How, what, I think they can, I think they can win there. People have great amount of respect for Kane Womack. He's a well-known entity in the state of Arkansas. And I think people have high respect for him. And that, that's going to be one of those that's going to go probably go down to the wire or at least on ASU side, probably hopefully that it goes down to the wire. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, you come back to Jonesboro, you get Appalachian state who, you know, had a horrible year last year. Uh, I was in Boone a couple of weeks ago. They had a horrible year last year. I look at they were like nine and three. <laughs> that's, yeah. If that's a horrible year, you you got things going good at, at App State. So, uh, but yeah, I, I will say this: you got to like them. You got to like the fact you're getting them at home because I do think out of the ones Coastal and Lafayette and App State, App State's probably the worst of the three at the moment. Now, I, I, they were still really good last year. They were, you know, I think they lost by three to Lafayette. And they lost by uh, 13 to coastal Carolina, but even that was uh, deceiving because the final play of the game was a pick six. So it was really a one possession game. So uh, w- do you like your chances against app state? There's, there's a lot of ground to cover there with, with app state and, and a lot of ground to cover to be able to win that game. And I, I think that the ongoing, the ongoing story here, the, the repetitive story is that over the years, when, when app state first got into the conference, Georgia Southern first got in the conference, um, Arkansas State was able to compete and, and, and dominate these teams at times because of the physical ability that they had on the, on, the, on the field, especially on the defensive side. So, again, without knowing where that piece is and what the front seven are really going to look like, hard to, hard to judge because App State's going to line up and they're, they're going to run the ball at you. Yeah. Uh, they're going to do a controlled passing game. And if you can't, if you can't control them up front, uh, then you're going to have a long night. And that's what happened last year is uh, just no pressure – um, no pressure and allow the quarterback to run around back there and do what he wanted to do. So um, that's, that's going to be a tough, that'll be a tough game. Yeah. And then after that, you're at Louisiana Monroe, which has been the uh, the doormat or one of the doormats, I guess the past couple of years, them in Texas state. Um, 
it's interesting. I thought they hired, they went out and hired Terry Bowden, which I actually thought should have never got fired at Akron. He took Akron to, he took Akron to the Mac championship the year before his firing. And then he, so he took, they went to the championship game the next year. They go four and eight. They beat Northwestern at Northwestern. That was one of the four wins and they fire him. I, I couldn't believe that. But then, you know, he, so I don't know how fast he'll be able to resurrect or, or, you know, the, this Warhawks team, but I did like, he brought in rich Rodriguez proven winner at, at offensive coordinator. I, I think this is a win for, for Arkansas state, but I am curious to see the progression throughout the season that ULM makes. What, what's your take on this game? Well, the, the two things with Monroe is, is you never in the presence of any Arkansas state fan ever say, yeah, that ought to be a win with Monroe because that is the game that something weird or crazy will happen to weather. Somebody will get hurt. Um, I think with Monroe, what we'll be curious to see is many players as ASU got in through the portal. And I mean, we're talking about 16 or 17 players. Monroe had that many leave. They had 17 or 18 players leave the program. So who, who knows where they're going to be. And, and by that time of the year for both of these teams, it's going to be who probably has the guts to, to push it out. Cause both teams may be struggling that deep in the year. And, um, and, and if you've got a core where you, 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 you stuck to it and you, you pushed, you've had a winning core and a winning program, it's a little easier to finish those games out. And so maybe that's, that'll be the little oomph that ASU needs in that game. But I, I, I see them going to Moreau and winning that one. Cause I think Moreau, is going to have a ton of problems this year. And I, I don't, I, I love Terry Bowden as the pick there, but he's, he's yeah, he needs cool. time, right? Yeah. He's going to need a couple of years. He's going to need a couple of years just to bring in 20 or 30 players just to fill spots. Yeah. Yeah. I got them winning this too. So I, I mean, at the moment I already have them beating central Arkansas. I, I said, they're going to either get Memphis or, or Tulsa. And then I have them beating South Alabama and Monroe. So that would already put me at the over that would already put me at the over. And they still have to, the, the following week, Man, they have two sets of back-to-back away games because they have that three-game stretch, and then they have the two-game stretch at Georgia State. And Sean Elliott's actually done, a, I think, a great job with that program in Atlanta. Um, this is a game that I still feel like you can win. You know, the the Red Wolves could win this one, but but I also think this is one that could go either way. What's your take on the Georgia State game? Um, Georgia State has been one of those programs that that it, it seems like they're they're just ready to break through and, and push through, and then. And then they'll, they're like, they're starting over from scratch. They can't seem to keep a steady momentum. And, and last year it was just literally a case of who could, who could have the ball last. I mean, they ran up and down the field on each other. And I think it's probably going to be a similar case this year. Uh, probably be a high scoring game in Georgia may give them a little bit of edge on the road. And again, now we're getting down to week 11. So injuries, and the shape of both teams are going to have a lot to do with that game. But I think that'll be a close game that, uh, you know, probably a one score game either way. Yeah. I think this could be the difference in you guys going to a bowl. I, I mean, might be the game. yeah. Uh, Cause you end the season the following week. Welcome in Jake Spavadol's Texas state bunch. And that, you know, what's crazy is they were, you look at their record. They were, they were terrible last year, Texas state, but that offense moved. I was actually, and they, they should have beat Boston college. I watched that game. That I I actually think Spavadol's got that di- program headed in the right direction. They just need to play some defense, and uh, I think you guys are definitely better than Texas State. But I, that's one that I think watch because they they have they have some receivers that really impressed me, and and, and a couple a couple quarterbacks that I think are solid. 
Um, you got any take on that Texas State? I think you guys win, maybe even win by double digits. But I think Texas State could be a little bit better than what people are thinking. I think I think that game, the last game of the year in Jonesboro, makes a big difference. If it was at Texas State, I'd probably be pretty nervous about it. But in Jonesboro, I think that that's one that we can uh, that we'll we'll pull out because Texas State has been a long term project, and they are still uh, probably a long term project. Uh, yeah. probably, you know, I think he's got about half that team fixed. And uh, so that should be, that should be an interesting game again. You know, I don't disagree with you. Probably a seven to 10 point game uh, if all breaks right. And, and, and hopefully ASU can, can pull it out. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I thought, I, I thought that they could find five wins in the season next year is, is really what my take was. I thought that they could find five wins. It wouldn't get them to a bowl. Um, but it would, it would be probably a step in the right direction. We're, we're seeing eye to eye here. I I'm on five and I think there's potential for six. I think that Georgia state game or Georgia Southern, both the Georgia schools, I, I could see as wins, but I could, I, I don't know. I think the Georgia Southern one's a terrible spot to catch Southern. The other one though, I think you could win that one. So it wouldn't shock me at all knowing his track record of making a bowl going six and six, maybe even, you know, ceiling seven and five. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious your take on this though. So we saw the Sunbelt just had a great performance. I mean, what Arkansas state beat Kansas state. Great game. Yeah. You saw coastal Carolina beat Kansas. I think, I think like two or three times now um, you saw Lafayette win at Iowa state. You saw Like I just mentioned, Texas state almost beat uh, Boston college, you know, app states got a, a nice, uh, maybe not last year, but in other years, they've beaten the likes of South Carolina and North Carolina and uh, uh, some other good schools. I think they got uh, wake Forest one year, but um, uh, you just saw this 12 team expansion thing that they're talking. I know it's not this season, but I'm curious as a Sunbelt fan, uh, you know, if they had, I saw projections that if they had done this last year, now I know last year was a crazy COVID season, but coastal Carolina would have got in that 12 team playoff. If this format gets pushed through, which uh, uh, seems like everyone's reporting now that it is well, I, I'm so curious your thoughts on where you, does that excite you? The, the, but the fact that the Sunbelt maybe could even get a bid to, to, to get to the playoffs at some point. I think that it is so much more likely now than it was even two years ago, three years ago. I think people saw that, you know, when they, when, when the conference brought in Appalachian state, the brought in coastal brought in Georgia Southern, all proven FCS programs, but unproven at the big level. But the difference was all of those programs were run very well. Uh, the administration and the athletic director and athletic staff were together on saying we want to we want a competitive sports program and, and specifically a competitive football program. And you've seen the success they put resources into those. And those programs are in good areas. The the foot the footprint of the, the Sun Belt following the footprint of the SEC, it, it's those are talent rich areas. Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi. There's only there's only so many kids that can go to an SEC or a Division I school that's not the Sun Belt, And so uh, I think that it, it's, I think it's going to be exciting to see because there's going to be some opportunities, I think for the Sun Belt teams. And I think last year, even as hinked up as it was, gave them some credibility. I, I thought one of the greatest things was the end of the year when Coastal calls out BYU and says, come to Coastal, we'll play. That, that um, was, that was my favorite game of the season. 
and, and and it's hard for I mean I've had more people who know that that, that I'm involved with the Sun Belt at some level you know go that was the greatest game ever that you had this little school calling out BYU and saying we'll play you we'll play you next week um, so I think those kind of things have given them some credibility with the pollsters and I think people are not so um, I think guys are keeping their eyes up and, and looking at Lafayette and, and Appalachian and Coastal and, and hopefully Butch Jones is in a position to get Arkansas State back in that. Um, to back in that uh, mix, but you're going to have, you've got a chance for three or four teams to be ranked in the forties and up. And that's not something that's ever been remotely possible in the Sun Belt. So when you get to that chance, when you've got two or three teams that may float around the top 20, uh, you very well may get somebody into that playoff. And, and to be honest with you, I think America wants that. I think America loved the story last year with coastal and, and, as much as we love to see Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson beat each other to death every year, I think people are ready to see something else too. Uh, trust me, I've been long preaching on the College Football Experience podcast here that uh, you know we need to we we want to see that we want to see those games. Uh, you know, America as I mean to me, sport you you should ha- prove it on the field to me. Uh, certain teams that have been undefeated that haven't had the chance. If we were to just do that with sports, then the USA never beats Russia and hockey, you know, all these different, you know, uh, app state never beats Michigan, you know, like, so sport prove it on the field to me. I would love to see this. I'm excited for this 12 team playoff format. And hopefully we see the Sun Belt in there. Um, I really appreciate it. Martin, uh, uh, Martin uh, guys, I w- Martin, are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's at Ferg Elvis, F E R G E L V I S. Since we're, since we're so close to Memphis, Th- there we go. Well, I, I, there we go. I love that. Uh, everyone give him a follow. Uh, I can't uh, thank you enough for hopping on and talking Arkansas state football. I hope you'll maybe throughout the season, uh, you know, I can contact you and we can talk about a big upcoming game uh, that the red wolves have. Colby, I'm available whenever, and I, and I promise I, I've got a long list of, of grievances and, and other fun things we can talk about, and people can see that on my Twitter. Is most of it's pop culture and college football. Ah, that we're gonna, we're going to be fast friends, my friend. So, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining you, uh, joining us, and have a wonderful week. Thanks, Colby. Thank you. Take care. All right. That was absolutely awesome talking to Martin Ferguson, former host of the Red Wolf Weekly Arkansas State Football Podcast. I'm ready to go to Jonesboro. I'm ready to watch some Arkansas State Red Wolf football. Really excited for the football season, and obviously, I, I'm just excited to see how Butch Jones shakes out in Jonesboro. I think that you got to hit that over. You got to hit that over on the win total because I think Arkansas State is uh, is is on the right track. Butch Jones, proven winner. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets to a bowl game this year. So I uh, appreciate Martin hopping on the show. Make sure, like I said, you follow Martin on Twitter at Ferg. That's F E R G Elvis E L V I S. Yes. The King is not dead. All right. Um, guys, if you're a first time listener to the college football experience, make sure you subscribe. Cause we handicap every single college football game division one. Yes. Me, Patty CNC, Nick. We cover it all. They've been doing it for four years. Been over five hundred each and every year, um, and as a collective, but also independently. We've also been way over five hundred on our locks. We give you all of that for free on a spreadsheet over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. 
Uh, so look, I mean, at this point, after one year, you could say, Hey, the guy's a, a lucky fool, but four years in, I feel like we know what we're talking about. So check that out. And uh, like I said, we don't charge for picks. We won't charge for picks. It's all free. Um, the only thing I'm trying to charge you for is your kindness. Can you get over to iTunes and uh, give us a five-star review on the college football experience? Uh, if you do take a screenshot of your review, tag me at the Colby D on Twitter. Give me a follow as well. And I will send you a brand new college experience t-shirt. Got to do that. Studies say, studies say that, uh, you know, your chances of uh, hooking up with a girl go up. If you got a brand new shirt on just saying, or vice versa, hooking up with a guy if, if for women out there, that too, that, that works too. I, I haven't read a study, but I'm sure that's probably a fact. All right. So uh, at the Colby D free t-shirt. Uh, and then, like I said, give, uh, give my friend here a follow on Twitter. That's Martin Ferguson at F E R G Elvis. And uh, yeah, uh, appreciate you. T- also check out the college basketball experience. All right. Yeah. We talk college basketball and college football year round. We have the college football experience feed. We have the college basketball experience feed. So subscribe to both tell a friend. We'd certainly appreciate it. And uh, yeah. Uh, also check out the sports gambling podcast.com and check out them on Twitter at DSGP network. And yeah, this is the college football experience, Arkansas State Red Wolf style. You better start thinking about yours. And we are.